A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. In the Zone. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. You know, and as we start a Wednesday morning, talking about the weather is exactly what we should be doing across the state of Wisconsin. Hi, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke, and I'm keeping an eye on it just like all of you are. It looks like today we're going to get by with fairly manageable weather, but then things start to change as soon as tomorrow morning. In fact, the National Weather Service already starting to declare uh, some winter storm watch areas north and west of Dane County, starting at about 3 o'clock tomorrow morning until 9 a.m. on Thursday evening. That's because we are going to see uh, precipitation moving in. It's going to change to snow by morning, but we'll also have to encounter some freezing rain and sleet. That's probably going to have happen north and west of Madison. Now, as far as temperatures are concerned for today, should be beautiful. Sunshine on this Wednesday, a very mild day. 42 is our expected high. Then tonight, that's when things start to change. The wind is going to kick up, and then the precipitation comes in. It's going to be rain and snow later tonight, and then by tomorrow morning, that's when we see some problems as far as freezing rain and sleet. For tomorrow, cloudy skies and definitely colder. Daytime highs no better than 35, and winds tomorrow gusting up to 25 miles an hour. For Friday, cloudy skies, 29 are expected high, with maybe a chance of flurries. Saturday, sunshine, and 32. Sunday, partly sunny, 39 degrees. We'll get more weather details on that precipitation pattern and how much of it we can expect. Stumach on the way in just a moment. Also talking this morning about next week's U.S. Championship Cheese Contest. All the logistical decisions that have to be made, that's on the way. And introducing you to one of the Wisconsin staff members for the Steffes Group. Do stick around. Hey, 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 what do you say? Yep, Valentine's Day, just right around the corner. You're looking for something a little unique, something special? (laughs) <laughs> Look no further than Bavaria Sausage. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew. You know where they are online, BavariaSausage.com, or Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, at their retail location corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. Listen, if you're looking for a little twist up on Valentine's, think about all the sweets, all the treats, all the chocolates at Bavaria Sausage. All authentic, all old world flavor, like the real Mon Cherry chocolate from Europe. Cherry, luscious brandy, rich dark chocolate. It's all right there. And listen, when you walk in the store at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, if you've got questions, ask the ladies. They love to visit. Believe me, you'll learn more talking to them than just reading a label. BavariaSausage.com, open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. The state legislature is back in session near the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and agriculture will be a big part of this session. I'm Bob Bosel as we look at the current session with Jordan Lamb, an attorney with the Welch Group of Madison who advocates for many Wisconsin agricultural groups at the Capitol. At the recent Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, she was positive about how she expects farm and rural issues to be dealt with during the current session. I think it's going to be a good session for agriculture and for across 
commodity and industry sectors. The legislature is in session. They are busy. It's been wild in the Capitol. They're ready to work on the budget bill, and I hope they're focused on agriculture in this session. Now, the things that uh, in that budget bill that we hope they're focused on in agriculture, take us through some of the scenarios that they will have to deal with as far as agriculture and, and the things that uh, can make Wisconsin agriculture better. So for us, we always look at support for our farmer-led conservation programs. So we have a couple grant programs at DACAP that are important to develop um, conservation changes from the farm up. So producer-led watershed grants, nitrogen optimization grants, cover crop insurance premium rebates, those programs we're looking at again. On the transportation side, we would love to see a focus on local road and bridges improvements, particularly focused on critical agricultural routes. Transportation, getting commodities in and out and off the farm is a focus in this economy as well. And this is an issue that's been going on for a long time, roads and bridges in Wisconsin. They're not getting any better, just drive on them. And, you know, we've got uh, all of a sudden weight restrictions. Now we've got to go 10 or 15 miles out of our way to go over a bridge. What is the feeling from what you talk to as far as the legislators are concerned? Are we ever going to get some progress and some dollars allocated to do that job? Yes, I think we will. I think that the focus is there. Um, there are more dollars in this budget than there have been in previous ones. And if we target them, I mean, that's what we're looking at, targeting them to critical agricultural routes, really focusing the dollars to get improvements that are going to be most helpful to the agricultural economy. So as we uh, look at that, uh, is it going to be equal opportunity around the state, or are we going to get more priority in southern Wisconsin? I mean, folks in, in northern central Wisconsin kind of concerned that the, the dollars don't get very far north. Well, I hope that's not the case. We do ask the legislature to look at um, the state as a whole. Our, our, our supply chain for agriculture is the state as a whole. So we are going to try to make that a focus to make sure that those areas don't get lost, for sure. Is there a dollar figure we're looking at as far as uh, what we'd like to have allocated for roads and bridges? We're still working on that. All right. Yet. So how uh, long will we be working on the budget in this, uh, in this particular session? For sure for the first six months. So Governor Evers will deliver his budget address to the legislature on February 15th. The end of the fiscal year is June 30th. That's the ideal time frame for the governor and the legislature to work together, develop a bill, and get it back on his desk by the end of June. And as we look at uh, some other issues, farmland preservation has been along, I think, of Senator Harsdorf from, from Nielsville put this thing in. What's the latest on that? And are we going to get updates? Uh, what's the status? Agriculture is supporting updates to the farmland preserva preservation program. It is definitely a key tool to encourage um, conservation on farms, but the contracts need re revising, the terms need revising. We do have a proposal that we worked on last session that we're bringing back this session, and we're hopeful we can get it done this time. What is that proposal? It is to change the contract terms and to change the contract amounts, just to update them for our current econo economics. And rural economic development, we talked about roads and bridges already, but uh, what else is involved here? Uh, more rural broadband, high-speed internet, what, what all is encompassed in a rural development? Definitely broadband, that always comes up, and that's across industry sector. That, that's not just us. That's the rural economy as a whole. Um, for agriculture, we'd like to see some support for ag innovation um, and encouraging small businesses to grow in rural areas. So WEDC has some good programs that support that, and we're looking at those again this session.
And one of the uh, numbers every time we hear it, NR151, we say, oh, what's next? So give us an update on uh, what's going on with NR151, with DNR, DATCAP, uh, where we're we at, what we're we proposing. NR151 is suspended, so for that rule to come back, DNR would have to issue a new scope statement, kind of start over. Um, DATCAP is working on conservation standards to implement the last changes to NR151, so they do have a rule open to adopt the soil depth to bedrock standard in Wisconsin, and that will be worked on this spring. And a lot of other issues are talking about that uh, you discussed at the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, migrant worker transportation rule. What's that all about and uh, what are your concerns with uh, how that might come out in Wisconsin? So it seems like a small thing, but we learned a couple of months ago that Wisconsin's interpretation of the insurance requirements imposed on transportation contractors that are moving workers from their housing to the field are different, more stringent than the federal government's. And that has a chilling effect on contractors wanting to come and work in Wisconsin. We need them. Um, so we're working with DWD to try to work that out, make sure our insurance requirements are not more stringent than the federal government, so contractors that work with laborers all over the country will bring them to work in Wisconsin. How did this get to be that our rules are more stringent than federal rules? Because, uh, you know, when it comes to guest workers, the H-2A program nationally doesn't get any traction. They, is it just lack of understanding? I think it's a, just a different interpretation than we've had before. So there's hope that we can straighten it out. And ag exports are very important, and the legislature is involved in this as well. Yes, the legislature signaled a strong support to increase ag exports last session when they adopted legislation to um, dedicate $5 million over the next five years to increase ag exports by 25% by June of 2026. So we're looking at, and they just issued their first round of grants, and um, that, is the, that is the future for Wisconsin to in increase our exports, and we're really pleased to see the legislature and the Department of Agriculture share that goal with us. The legislature giving direction to DATCAP, or are they letting DATCAP kind of uh, feel their way and, and come up with the decisions for export increases in the future? How's the relationship going to work? I think it's working fine. They created a council, they directed the program, but then the council and the Department of Agriculture make the decisions on the grant recipients. But the program was created by the legislature and then funded, and DATCAP runs it. And of course, uh, something that's become very popular in Wisconsin and other parts of the country, cover crops. And uh, that's another issue in the legislature. What's, what's the update on that? So the legislature, for the first time last session, adopted legislation to incentivize the planting of cover crops by creating a $5 per acre crop insurance premium rebate. Um, cover crops are an important conservation me measure, and $5 an acre doesn't seem like a lot, but it is enough to incentivize some people to start planting cover crops in the fall. We would love to see that program continued and funded again this session. You think that'll happen? Of course. <laughs> You're an optimistic <laughs> person. Always. Jordan, also one other uh, number, Act 223. What's that? That is the farmer-led conservation bill that the legislature passed last session. It created the nitrogen optimization pilot program. This is another, we really are seeing environmental change come from the farm up, and it is great to see DATCAP and the legislature working together to encourage that. So similar to the producer-led watershed grant program, this puts money in the hands of farmers to work with UW system researchers to learn how to better optimize the use of nitrogen on farms. We just closed the first round of grant uh, grant applications for that program. It's a, it's a two-year program now, but we're hopeful to continue it and see more progress. And it's always nice to work with people that understand what they're talking about. Your feeling about the leadership of the legislature and some of these agriculture environmental committees, they, they know 
from where they've come? We have really strong agriculture committees again this session. In the assembly, the agricultural committee is, re is led by Travis Trannell. He has a, he's a farmer. He knows this industry very well. We're excited to have him in that spot. And back in the Senate again is Senator Joan Balwig, also with an agriculture background and history of, you know, she's been the Senate agriculture chair in the past. So yes, I think there's definite knowledge base in the legislature. And we're going to have a new DNR secretary. What, uh, what's the background there? So the new secretary is Adam Payne. He comes from Sheboygan County. He's the Sheboygan County administrator. Um, he does have a, a little bit of a family background in agriculture, and we're looking forward to meeting him and working with him. And Randy Romanski back at that camp. Yeah, Randy is back. So everybody knows he has a great history of uh, working with agriculture over the last four years, and we're excited to see him back again. Sounds like you're not going to work for a while, Jordan. You've got a lot of issues to deal with. Always, but it's good. It's fun. It's a pleasure to work for Wisconsin farmers. And she does a wonderful job. Jordan Lamb, attorney, and again, she is very much involved with the various farm organizations in Wisconsin, representing agriculture in the Wisconsin State Legislature. I'm Bob Bosold from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire and the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Absolutely, and uh, weather, of course, starting to come back into focus as far as priorities are concerned. Time for us to check in on our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stu Micker, Ag Meteorologist, is joining us this morning. And boy, all of a sudden, when I take a look at the forecast, they've got some very strong language in there, starting, you know, all of a sudden... Crack out middle of the night to tonight into tomorrow, some craziness coming in. Is it 
What do we know about this front right now, Stu? Well, it's actually two systems, Pam. It's a low that's off to the south this morning. Oh, down around Texas, northeast Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, There's rain down there, rain that extends up through Arkansas, southern Missouri, southern Illinois. That low is going to push north up toward Missouri, maybe even central Illinois into the day tomorrow. And there's a cool front that's going to sweep in out of the west very quickly. Uh, That cool front itself, just regulating or bringing in a little cool air, if you will, may account for a little light snow in the west itself just as it moves in. But the system pushing up from the south, bringing a little more mild and moist air, is going to work together with that other cool front. And that's going to bring about precipitation, rain and snow. I still expect the heaviest activity from northeast Illinois or northeast Iowa, excuse me, maybe a little north of Prairie du Chien up toward Mauston, up into central Wisconsin. That's where some three to six inches pretty easily could become the possibility. We all have something to talk about today. A winter storm watch, La Crosse and Mauston, starts at 3 a.m. tomorrow, runs till 9 p.m. tomorrow. That winter storm watch starts at 3 a.m. tomorrow at Madison, only till 6 p.m. Beaver Dam and Fond du Lac and up the lakeshore. A winter weather advisory, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Thursday. I expect rain for the most part down at Milwaukee. Milwaukee, and then a rain-snow mix edging northwest to Madison to Fond du Lac could be on that line where rain or snow, maybe a little freezing rain could mix in, and snow a bit heavier to the north, a little lighter snow at Lacrosse as well. We'll talk about all those numbers right after this. Focus on your farm in 2023 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All right, buddy, I'm intrigued. Tell me what you know about the weather coming our way. Well, that could take a while, but let's talk about it today. Some sunshine. How about that? A nice Wednesday, but clouds develop later on. We'll be up in the 40s today. Who'd ever think we'd talk about snow when we're in the 40s today? Winds will become southerly at around 5 or so. Overnight, cloudy skies and some snow developing. Late night, early morning hours. 2, 3 a.m., La Crosse, Boston, Madison, a little later, the further you are east and northeast. Southeast winds overnight become northeast around 5 to 15. Could be a little gusty. Tomorrow, of course, we have the winter storm watch. 3 a.m. to 9 p.m., La Crosse and Boston. 3 a.m. to 6 p.m., Madison and East Beaver Dam and Fond du Lac. A winter weather advisory, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Snow developing, a rain-snow mix east and south, more likely snow, Boston. I'd expect temperatures up to around freezing and a little above, maybe 35. And the northeast winds 10 to 20, even gusting near 30, becoming northwest as we head through the day. All that snow tapers off and ends Thursday night by Friday. 
Maybe a little light snow early, more likely a partly sunny, cooler day in the upper 20s with the northwest winds 5 to 15. Let's talk about, I'd say, Pam, 1 to 3 at La Crosse, maybe 4 to 6 at Mauston. Madison, Fond du Lac, Beaver Dam, maybe that 1 to 3 could be a little heavier if that system stays a little further south, could be more rain. We're all of us kind of on that line where we're going to have to watch exactly how the system acts. Well, we will definitely know more this time tomorrow morning, hey? Well, it, it should be showing us what it's going to do. All right, man. We'll catch you later. Thank you. All right. See ya. Stu our Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details you're looking for. And again, all brought to you courtesy of our friends from Compure Financial. Check them out online, compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, Wisconsin farmers, you know that when it comes to corn success, it's yield first and everything else second. And in 2022 independent trials, Dairyland Seed brought the yield like no other all across the Badger State. We're talking 45 top five finishes, 24 top three finishes, and 12 first place finishes. So when you're making the critical decision on what to plant this year, look no further than the seed proven to outperform Dairyland Seed. Find the corn hybrids bringing the most yield in your area at DairylandSeed.com. Here, the temperature is always a comfortable 68 degrees. No cold, no wind, no rain to interrupt your play. At Hook and Fade Golf Simulator Lounge, you'll experience courses from around the world. Then celebrate your round of golf with a round of drinks. Hook and Fade Golf Simulator Lounge, South Hamilton Street. Madison's most realistic indoor golf simulator. They provide the gloves, clubs, and balls. All you have to do is swing. Book your tee time at hookandfade.com. Jumpstart your career with the company that's powered by people. Bobcat in Johnson Creek invites you to their upcoming job fair, February 8th, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 2 to 4 p.m. Learn about their benefits and opportunities. Go to bobcat.com slash now hiring to find out more. Bobcat, powered by people just like you. Off I-94 between Madison and Milwaukee and Johnson Creek is now hiring an equal opportunity employer. I grew up around animals. When I went to help a neighbor milking cows, it's when I realized there was a whole other aspect of being a veterinarian. And the dairy cows, I just kind of fell in love with them as an animal, the neatest animal on earth, so to speak. I really want them to be the best functioning animal that they can be. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com, over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in ten young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, 
a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. They say yes to seven straight days. A traveling dress rehearsal for you to get comfortable in the seat and feel the power behind the smartest purchase you've ever made. The seven day, no questions asked return policy, if you need it, at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. Justin says, I want the pack to take the Ohio State tight end. Is it, I think he meant Stover, not this draft, but the next. We were talking a little bit off air. I don't, I don't think if you're the Green Bay Packers that you can really wait to take a tight end. I, th- I think it has to be this draft. It makes too much sense for the Green Bay Packers to take a tight end this draft. The only guys currently under contract for the Green Bay Packers are Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuara, and I don't think anyone wants those two being the top two headliners for a tight end room. Obviously, Mercedes Lewis is a free agent. Wouldn't be surprised if they had him come back for a year. Bob Tunyon is a free agent. He's coming off of a pretty bad year after tearing his knee the year before. There's not a whole lot of options, but the one option that there is in this draft is tight end. Really deep tight end draft. I think I saw that there were seven or eight tight ends that were ranked in the top 100 prospects at the tight end position for this NFL draft. So, Ben, you got to imagine they're taking a tight end, right? They have to. Like, there's no way they can't. look Look at the good teams in football this year. Or look at the teams that are left in the playoffs. The Eagles have Dallas Goddard who is one of the more talented tight ends. The Chiefs have the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey. The Bengals, Hayden Hurst, who was a big help to their offense. The Niners have George Kittle. Like, whether it's Rodgers under center, whether it's Love, in today's game of mismatches and getting safeties or linebackers on tight ends and taking advantage of it, like, like that's how you win. And I think the Packers have been really hamstrung by not having a good one for a bit where like that it just adds so much to your offense. So instead of throwing contested balls to the outside to Cobb or Lazard or whoever uh, to try to push the ball down the field that way, like you you should be doing that to a tight end group. And it's a it, it is a great group. Uh Michael Mayer from Notre Dame's great. 
I love Darnell Washington. This kid, he's six seven, two seventy as oh, a tight and end, he, and, he, and he runs like a deer. He's he, he's be, he's bigger than than left tackles in in college football. He's he's unbelievable. Uh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Like there are a bunch of options there, and they need to. Whether it's like you draft a rookie tight end this year, will he help a Rodgers if it's his last season? Yeah, but it's also a building block for the offense going forward. So I I would even say top two rounds, you have to have one. Yeah, and that's that goes to you naming off some of the the tight ends there in the upcoming draft. There's like seven or eight in the top 100, which is which is big time. Like that's the tight end position is normally not that deep. This is one of the deeper tight end drafts in a while. And you mentioned Michael Mayer. I mean, great tight end. Darnell Washington, the the freak athlete that, by the way, isn't even the best tight end on Georgia, in my opinion. But uh, obviously. The other Georgia tight end isn't eligible for the draft. Uh, you mentioned Dalton Kincaid. That's another guy that I like. You also have Sam Laporta, who's looked really good in a lot of Big Ten games. He's another <laughs> guy in the draft. I like mean, that's a guy that's like going to be a third round pick, and he's solid. Yeah, maybe a little later. I'm not a big Sam Laporta guy. But you have you have multiple tight ends in in this class that are all going to be first, second third, maybe fourth round picks that can all probably come in and, and at least play at a high level or at least bring some athleticism to the room where Green Bay is severely lacking. Like yep. you, you can't, if you're the Green Bay Packers, look at their roster. The offensive line probably going to need at least one pick off the offensive line unless, unless they re-sign a Yash, right? You're probably going to need one offensive line pick tight end. You're going to need multiple wide receiver. I think everyone would say, you know what? We should probably add there. I don't even think you should rule out drafting a running back. If you, if you're planning on cutting Aaron Jones and that could be a real possibility depending on what happens here. And then the defense, you look at the defense, they could use probably defensive line, maybe another edge rusher. And they, they might need two safeties. I know you were talking about, uh, potentially Darnell Savage being included in a Rodgers deal because it actually frees up three and a half to four million of cap space if they trade Darnell Savage. But if you trade Darnell Savage, um, Adrian Amos is a free agent. I know Rudy Ford is a free agent. I know one of their other specialists that plays the safety position for the special teams. He's a free agent. Like they don't have any safeties. They don't have any tight ends. You could possibly have to use draft picks to add. If you combine pajamas and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report. And if you're heading out to the barn to check on uh, springtime babies, watch your step. There are still some icy spots out there that might not have had a chance to melt. Better chance that they are going to melt today. We'll look for daytime highs probably right around 42 degrees before things change drastically tonight and all day on Thursday. Winter storm watch advisory areas in effect north and west of Dane County starting 3 a.m. Thursday morning, basically all day Thursday into Thursday night. 35 is as warm as we'll get on Thursday, and it's really the question of precipitation. Uh, Looks like we could start out with snow, but then we could also see sleet and freezing rain and all that craziness throughout the day. So definitely uh, an advisory day coming up 
for Thursday. I'm PM Yankee. So glad you're along with us. Today, of course, is the eighth day of February. On this day, back in 1971, the NASDAQ had its very first trading day. National Association of Securities Dealers Automated Quotations. Now you know what NASDAQ stands for. It was the world's first electronic stock exchange, opened on this day back in 1971. On this day in 1960, the very first eight stars were added to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's Hollywood Boulevard and Vine Street, honoring the people in the entertainment industry. Started on this day back in 1960. On this day in 1910, the Boy Scouts of America was founded. And of course, we've got a couple happy birthdays that we want to wish this morning. Uh, That composer, John Williams, celebrating a birthday today. Also, happy birthday to actor Nick Nolte. And we want to make sure that you realize it's a happy anniversary day for middle or major league ball player David Justice. He and his wife, Rebecca Villalobos, celebrating their anniversary. And now you know. Well, as usual on a Wednesday, it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Group, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com, online, where you want to be if you're looking to either shop or be a part of an auction. Last week during the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, I caught up with Jared Hitchens. Jared is the staff member in Wisconsin that works for the Steffes Group. I decided we should know a little bit more about that young man that lives in Monroe. I've been in the egg uh, business for, gosh, the last 15 plus years. I sold equipment for Carl F. Stotts before I came here. So yeah, I've been moving iron for quite a bit, so it was a natural fit to kind of come over on the auction side of it. Did you grow up on a farm? I grew up working for a family friend, a neighbor's farm, uh, basically from the time I was old enough to drive a tractor. Yeah, right. So now the Stuffus Group has got you, and tell me a little bit about what it's been like to be immersed in that company and everything they've got going on. I mean, Uh, A lot of different services, a lot of different things they do for their clients. Tell me a little bit about what it's been like, that learning curve. It's been a huge learning curve. I mean, it went from ag retail where you're direct with the customer one-on-one, and now there's so many avenues uh, and so many different kinds of relationships to build. It it is. It's quite different, but it's it's challenging, but it's a lot of fun, too. Right. Now, you're covering a lot of geography in the state. Help people understand how you... I won't say get clients because it's it's a company effort, but tell me a little bit about how things generally get started with you. Uh, a lot of it starts with us with, with relationships with, say, bankers, attorneys, yep. stuff like that, you know, influencers that yep. in the farming community. That's really important to us is to develop that relationship with them, and we work hand in hand. We help each other out, and then in turn, you know, that does funnel some business our way. Right. Now, I've always said... You know, a lot of emphasis is on the Steffes auction site, which is rightly so. But there's a whole lot of network behind that auction site that helps you guys out, too. Give me a little sense. Once you've found somebody that wants to work with the Steffes group and you're going to be dealing with them, what happens next? Uh, typically, you know, our marketing team does a phenomenal job of, of reaching out to these people and getting these leads into us. So by the time it actually comes to me, a lot of the work's already done because they did it for me. Uh, then it's a matter of, you know, contacting them and showing up at their place and discussing what they're looking to do, what they need to do, and what the best route to get there is. Right. Does your eye for iron help? It really does. I mean, that's been, you know, we, we also, you know, real estate and construction, right. yeah. but... 
all my experience on the farm equipment side, yeah, that helps a ton when you're out there because they really appreciate it when you can shoot them, you know, a rough valuation of what that machine's going to be worth if they do sell it. I'm always also impressed with the follow-up. You know, it's not just that one meeting around the kitchen table. I'm guessing you come back multiple times, and then, like you said, if something gets on a calendar, there's a whole new set of people coming around. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not just a one-time deal. When we go out and we decide, you know, get together to work with a customer, uh, we're going to be back out there a number of times, whether it's doing the cleanup work, the setup work, lining up the equipment, or being out there for the actual auction day. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of time spent with that with that seller. He is the fellow that is definitely trying to work with you if you are interested in finding out more about the uh, entire program that the Steffes Group can offer. Like I said, it's really nice to have him in Wisconsin right there in the community of Monroe, ready to crisscross the state, meet you, and help you out if you need. Of course, always go to steffesgroup.com. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com and find out more about the company and about good people like Jared. From the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo in Wisconsin Dells, I'm Pam Yankee. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compier.com slash crop insurance. Compier does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compier Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. I look at this dairy cow, and again, it's the animal that I love. The things that this dairy cow can do and the way that she can produce milk, to me, there is no substitute for milk in the world. And to be able to keep cows and help cows produce that for people, to me, that's a privilege. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped a penny and a half to 158 and a half. 40 pound black cheese also down a penny and a half, 183 and a half. Double A butter was up a penny and a half, gained to 239 and a half per pound. Now, this morning in Chicago, as far as the markets are concerned, holding firm right now. Currently, it looks like our December corn contract trading up a penny at 594. November beans are up four, 1374. July wheat, that's up seven, 773 a bushel. March class three milk, seven cents higher, 1748 a hundredweight. Well, they're using milk for sure. Congratulations to the grand prize winner in the Cedar Crest Ice Cream Flavor Creation Contest. It goes to 4-H kids in Kiwani County, the Pilsen Skylighters 4-H Club, created Cowlick. Now, Cowlick is actually uh, vanilla ice cream with a caramel swirl, chocolate-coated pretzels, and fudge pieces. Cowlick will be produced by Cedar Crest Ice Cream for the summer of 2023. Ah, get ready to enjoy. Congratulations. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. 
It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The big one coming back around Wisconsin. I'm talking about the U.S. Cheese Championships. Our Wisconsin cheesemakers happy to host again this year back up in Green Bay at the Resch Expo Center. And joining us, the gal that's busy, busy, busy behind the scenes. Kirsten Strominger is the events manager for the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, our host group. So, Kirsten, let's talk just a little bit about the logistics that go into a show like this. I saw the numbers. 2023 going to be a big year when it comes to number of entries, number of classes, and kind of just the geographic reach. Tell us some of the nuts and bolts on what we're going to expect. Yeah, absolutely. There is there is quite a bit that goes into a contest. I mean, from the entrance around the country, getting their cheese to Wisconsin for the contest. Um, but then not only that, it's we have a core team of volunteers that help us execute this event. We have volunteers that dedicate quite a bit of time. For two weeks, we have volunteers at uh, a warehouse in Little Shoot, Wisconsin, um, we are graciously hosted by Wow Logistics and Wisconsin Aging and Grading Cheese. They allow us to kind of take over their warehouse a little bit, and all of our contest entries are sent there. Volunteers are there for two weeks, accepting and sorting entries, making sure everything has arrived and arrived safely. And then we have our contest up in Green Bay, and we have volunteers that help with all the logistics there as well. So it's it's quite a bit of moving parts, and we're fortunate to have quite a Quite a few people that dedicate their time to help us out. Let's talk a little bit more about that because, like you said, it is a people-powered driven event. Yes, the entries are fantastic and wonderful, but you've got judges. You've got those volunteers that are on nonstop moving to keep the judges efficient. Well, how many other events like this take place that we can compare it to, Kirsten? And do you try to take pages from other shows' notes to continuously improve what we do in Wisconsin? You know, we there there is another cheese. There are multiple other cheese contests uh, across the country. There's um, one the American Cheese Society also hosts, and they also require a lot of volunteers to to help make their contests run. And it is nice to kind of work with them sometimes on talking about 
you know, what are things they do and what are things we do that might help each other out in just the logistics and planning side of things. They're, they're so very different contests and even the volunteer side is different, but it's neat to get a different perspective. Absolutely. Now, numbers-wise, like we said, I'm trying to give them a little perspective, Kristen. She's already going to be <laughs> at site in Green Bay, uh, you know, literally the first full week of February. Talk to them about the actual physical number of products that you have to bring in and maybe a little size perspective on these products. People may be thinking that, uh, you know, somebody submits, you know, a some slices or something like that, you, you've you got the whole enchilada, no pun intended, coming to you. We do. There are quite a few entries. So we have 2,249 entries, and those are cheese, butter, yogurt, and dry dairy ingredients, and they are all of varying sizes. Uh, we require all entries to be sent in their originally manufactured form, um, with some exceptions for some large cheeses like Swiss wheels. It's quite hard and difficult to handle some of those 200-pound wheels, but we still get them sometimes. But we have quite a few 40-pound blocks of cheese, with our cheddar, our Monterey Jack, and it's uh, we have pallets and pallets. Right now, they're setting up pallets in the warehouse, and there's 113 pallets for all 113 classes of uh, dairy products that we have in the contest. Wow. Now, now let's just talk a little bit about, uh, again, back to that people power. So those samples, those wheels, those bricks, those blocks, those uh, samples have to be moved from WOW Logistics up to the rest center, and then the judges come into play. And I, I, I know that the judges are world-class. How do we continue to kind of find these talented folks? You know, we have uh, an incredible uh, team of judges that are coming to Green Bay with us, and a lot of them are cheese graders, so they are like cheese testers, basically, and they are grading cheese day in and day out. We also have quite a few judges that are university researchers um, or they're product development uh, folks, and so they are making cheese. It's it's a big network, and so we constantly have you know new faces pop up, um, and of course our our core of of volunteers and judges that we've had uh, in previous years. Mm-hmm. Now these are all, and they're they're judging it blind, right? Aside from the fact that they know maybe an entry number uh, and obviously what what kind of product dairy product they're judging, but the, otherwise it's all blind, just so people know this is on the up and up. Yeah. So the the judging process itself um, is called technical judging. So the you know brand information or kind of the the look or any any sort of branding or visuals don't go into any part of the the scoring process. So everything that they are looking at the cheese for is just on the cheese, like makeup and manufacture itself. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get attention for this kind of show? I mean, us farm kids, uh, Midwest Farm Report, obviously we love it. It's the biennial celebration, so we're going to be up there and ready to report. But what about interest beyond our borders, Kirsten? How do you solicit entertainment or uh, interest from other media partners? Is this a growing audience since we went through the pandemic and have a bunch of cheesemongers out there? Tell me a little bit about how you reach other geographic uh, partners. Sure. Well, we have um, a great communications team on staff that works um, 
so different media outlets and uh, also our communications that get out to not only our WCMA members, but um, work with people that attend our conference and expo as well. Um, but beyond that, you know, our WCMA staff makes it a point to try to connect with companies at other shows or go to other events where we can make those connections and kind of bring them into our orbit and make sure that they are aware of everything that we do here. And there is an element for the general public. I mean, we've been talking about the volunteers, the technical staff behind the scenes, but uh, the Wisconsin cheesemakers try to try very hard to make a lot of this accessible to the general public that wants to come through, right? Yeah, definitely. We have um, we are open to the public for our two, first two days of preliminary round judging, which is February 21st and 22nd. So 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., the public can come to the Resh Expo and view the, the judges evaluate all these products. And we'll also have some samples there as well. So get a chance to get in line. Again, if you're just joining us, Kirsten Strominger is along with us. She's the event manager for the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. And we're talking about the biennial U.S. Championship Cheese Contest going to the Resh Center Expo in Green Bay, February 21st through the 22nd. And tell me a little bit on the, that's when it's open to the general public. Tell me a little bit about the grand finale, shall we say, February 23rd. How are you going to, uh, I guess, create the the uh, drum roll for everybody on that uh, announcement day, Thursday the 23rd? Tell them about that. Yeah, so at 2 p.m. on the 23rd, we will be um, live streaming our announcement of the 2023 U.S. Champion. Live streaming allows us to involve people from all over the country, cheesemakers, entrants, and also general public. So they can see and get a glimpse at the winner and that initial excitement of uh, finding out who the winner is. Now we've got people from entries coming in from 35 different states, folks, so a lot of interest, different time zones that might want to tap in and see who the big winner is. Well, Kirsten, good luck getting everybody organized and in place. I will see you for the uh, biennial U.S. Championship Cheese Contest up in Green Bay. I'm sure it's going to be a great time. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Kirsten. Kirsten Strominger, the events manager for the hosting Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, the United States Championship Cheese Contest, celebrating its biennial February 21st through the 23rd at the Resch Expo Center in Green Bay. As she said, open to the general public the 21st and the 22nd from 9 until 3. And yours truly will be up there for the championship announcements. Tomorrow, we're going to catch up with our friends from Ever Ag. And don't forget, I'll see you tomorrow morning at the Wisconsin.